We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are live on the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Go to RivalFantasy.com or get the Rival Fantasy app. Today is Sunday. What is it? May 21st? You got it. I'm Drew Silva. With me here is Ryan Boyer. On this episode, we're going to do some individual risers and fallers from the weekend. Players who showed something encouraging and others who did not. Uh, we'll talk some fab waiver wire targets to round things out here on Sunday afternoon. Uh, first, let's jump into the headlines. Uh, the, the lead story from Saturday, I guess, would be Julio Urias, who uh, landed on the injured list with a left hamstring strain. It sounds like he suffered that injury at some point during his brutal start on, on Thursday night against the Cardinals. Uh, he gave up, what was it, six earned runs on six hits, two walks over just three innings, gave up four homers. Um, it's, it's not the worst-sounding injury, just just a left hamstring strain. It sounds like he's just going to miss a couple turns in the Dodgers rotation. Uh, maybe you could call it a reset for him after what was his worst outing of the year on Thursday in St. Louis. Overall this season, a 5-4 and four record. Uh, a 4.39 ERA, a 1.16 whip, 53 to 11 strikeout to walk ratio in 55 and a third innings. Kind of a fine start to the season for him. Um, the, the ERA obviously inflated by that outing against the Cardinals. Uh, but I, I guess this might give us the first look at Bobby Miller. Like, I, I mean, they've, they've, they've talked about bringing up Gavin Stone. Um, they have other options there, but it, it seems like maybe this is going to be Miller time. Yeah, Miller's coming up Tuesday. Stone's going to come up too. He's going to fill in for Dustin May, and then of course they also have Noah Syndergaard in the rotation. I'm not sure how much longer that's going to last. So, yeah, I mean, I think Stone in particular probably has a better chance to stick around over the long haul. Um, I, I feel like he's a little more polished than Miller. You know, Miller had had the shoulder issue at the start of the season, so he's still kind of getting built up. He did pitch really well his last start at AAA Oklahoma City. He gave up one run over six innings, six strikeouts. 
but he hadn't pitched much or pitched all that well in his like other three starts. I know in talking to to Chris yesterday, he's we were talking about the possibility of Miller maybe coming up. Um, he thinks there's still maybe some reliever profile over the long haul for him just because he's doesn't throw enough strikes really. Um, yeah, maybe he can have enough swing in this to to overcome that, but there is some reliever risk with him. I mean, when he's on though, it's like he's on the short list of like best stuff among pitching prospects yeah. all of baseball. Uh, even he's more so watching him like pitching, yeah, pitching this spring, and like he just he seems like he's got it all in the bag. Yeah, he was one of those guys that like he didn't even. Put up great numbers in college. It was just something that the Dodgers saw on his arm, thinking that they could, you know, coax the most out of that out of that talent, and pretty much have to this point. Like I said, they've he's got to figure out a way to throw more strikes. But certainly interested to see who who is it Tuesday? Is it the Braves that he's going to face Tuesday? I forgot to double check on that. I feel like it's a different. Yeah, I think I think that's right because I remember. In yeah, talking, you're right. It's it's at Atlanta. Yeah, because I remember in talking to uh, Chris yesterday, Gavin Stone's first two starts are going to be at Atlanta and at Tampa Bay. So it's about as tough as it gets. Uh, which I guess, I guess Miller would probably get the raise next as well. Um, and then the week after that, it would be like the Yankees and Phillies. So. <laughs> Kind of uh, throwing them right into the fire. I mean, Miller, just for the upside alone, is worth a roll of the dice. Um, yeah. I think you can pick him up and see how that first start goes. It could go poorly. and we've, I, we've, probably... see, we've seen this where, like, promising young starters come up and get blown up. But, like, I don't know, Yuri Perez has looked really good. Like, it's just – it is a roll of the dice type situation. Sure. But yeah, doesn't sound like Orius is going to be out too long. Kind of surprised it wasn't uh, like a neck neck issue from Whiplash turning around, watching all those home runs fly out of uh, Bush Stadium. But I guess he uh, they were wondering if maybe he was tipping his pitches because he's got just all of a sudden just lost it. But I guess if you got a hamstring barking at you, maybe that affects your mechanics a little and. Yeah. Left some balls right over the middle of the plate. The, but. the, the tipping the pitches storyline <clears throat> tends to come out after a rough outing. This is an interesting um, question. Now that we're on the Dodgers, would you drop James Outman for Asterio Ruiz or Ezekiel Duran or Miguel Vargas? Um, I feel like you're in a shallow league if you have all these options. I wouldn't give up on Outman. I I know there's been kind of like a a little dead period for him. But I, like overall, what we've seen from him so far is really good. I, I mean, Ruiz, if you need Steve. Yeah, I don't. Like, and it, it's it's pretty shocking to me that the Ruiz would be available in any league. Really, right. most any of those guys, I'm surprised. Yeah, Vargas. Would. I mean, Vargas has turned it on too. Yeah, Vargas. I mean, I'd 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 the want best to see group. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, I, in a roto league. If it's a roto league, I think you would you have to put Ruiz at the top of that so list. He says it's it, oh, ten, 10, 10, 10, 10 points. points league okay. shallow. Well, um, that, that evens it out a little bit. Then, um, I mean, 
Vargas's value goes up in points because he walks so much and doesn't strike out that much. I honestly, I want, I want to say Vargas of those. So, for for people that aren't seeing this uh, visually, like Outman, Asterio Ruiz, Ezekiel Duran, or Miguel Vargas. Jaron Duran. I'm assuming he's. Oh no no. I'm sorry. Yeah, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Duran. Yeah, I had Jaron Duran in my head, but. Yeah. Right. No, I I think Vargas is actually the best hitter of that group. I but Outman, man, Outman's been swinging missing a lot the last month or so. I know it's it's been bad recently. Mm-hmm. I think I'd ride Vargas for a bit. Yeah, I mean Ruiz, even if though he certainly um, loses value in a head-to-head points. I mean, he's you still get points for those stolen bases, and he's like just right. head and shoulders above everyone else. Duran's so. been really good too, man. Duran's been yeah. really good. That's a good group. Just uh, just get them all. It's, yeah, our, our answer I, is just I, roster <laughs> all of them. I wish I wasn't. If I were if I were in your league, I, I might just have all of them. No, ultimately, I think I'm I'm with you that Vargas is probably in the head-to-head points. I think he's probably the best bet. Um, just because I believe in that that hit tool so much with him, and his value is going to go up in a in a points league because he, like I said, doesn't strike out that much, draws a ton of walks. So maybe not the upside of the other guys, but I think he's probably the safest bet of that group. So um, Bobby Miller c- coming up against Atlanta, I I don't know. I, I really like him, but. If you're in a competitive, if you're in a ten-team league, you're not starting him against Atlanta, right? In a ten-teamer, no, no. I think you gotta. I think in twelve teams too, I'm, I would hold off. That's yeah. I mean, Gavin Stone got rocked in his first start too. It's not necessarily, you know, doesn't mean Miller's going to get rocked in his first start. But I think there's too much risk there. When Chris and I were talking about him yesterday, I honestly thought. I, I said I think he probably just needs more time. I don't think the Dodgers ideally would be bringing him up now. Exactly. They're kind of forced to. Um, yeah. Kind of hoping to catch catch lightning in a bottle a little bit, but yeah, I would uh, I would probably hold off on starting him. Um, another guy that has joined Julio Urias on the injured list, unfortunately, Jorge Polanco. He injured his hamstring, I think, Wednesday. Um, they initially referred to it as day-to-day, but subsequently he's been placed in the, on the injured list. Haven't heard anything about a timetable with him yet. So, I mean, with hamstrings, you kind of figure probably going to be at least three weeks or so, even if it's on the mild side. Uh, Edward Julien has come up and uh, – taking Polanco's spot on the roster. He can kind of slide right in there at, at second base. Super interesting guy. Speaking of points league, guys who's, whose value goes up in points league, that, that guy just draws yeah. a ton of walks. Um, so he's probably going to just be sliding right in at second base for the Twins for a while. Um, there's also Royce Lewis. He can't be activated until May 29th, I believe. He's on the he's on the 60 day IL, uh, but Royce Lewis could put could fill in at, at second base too if, 
if Polanco needs a little bit more time. Uh, right. Polanco could conceivably beat him back, though, I think, uh, from the injured list. But Royce Lewis as well. Kyle Farmer's played pretty well, but I don't think he would. He's not much of a roadblock as far as Royce Lewis eventually taking over at third base. I think that's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. He's looked great already on his uh, short rehab assignment so far. Um, yeah, Polanco, hopefully we'll see him back in a couple weeks. He's looks like, thankfully, he's put that knee issue behind right. him. At, le- at least it's not the knee. It, it's just he's been such a frustrating player because of these, like, on and off IL stints. But. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we got a uh, – who else was – Kyle Hendricks, you you, you were going to touch on Kyle Hendricks a little yeah, bit. Yeah, um, I mean, looks to be appearing to return to the Cubs rotation probably against the Reds next weekend. Um, threw 82 pitches over six innings of one-run ball in what I guess would be his final minor league rehab start Saturday against the AAA affiliate of the Pirates. Uh, the overall results haven't been great for Hendricks on his what now five start rehab stint of five seven five ERA, but uh, he's been sharper in his last three outings. The strikeout rate has been fairly promising: twenty strikeouts in twenty one or twenty and a third overall innings. Should get the Reds at home at Wrigley uh, in his first start back from it's this capsule. St- this capsule tear in his shoulder that's kept him out since last July. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? I'm going to throw it to you. We kind of know what kind of pitcher Hendricks is at this point. He's not really a big swing and miss guy. Usually can help you in ERA. Usually works like deep into games. I don't know if he's still that guy. Um, But like, I I guess we talked about it last week. I, I talked about it with Chris. Like every fantasy lineup right now needs pitching um and against the reds i'm kind of leaning toward him as like a a pretty nice streaming option and 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 then like if he shows well there like he's maybe a a guy you just rostered moving forward yeah i mean i think ideally just because he's been out so long he kind of stick him on your bench and just see what kind of start he gets off to. That is a, a favorable first matchup, certainly. Um, he, I mean, his whole career, he's obviously been more of a floor play than a ceiling play. I do think he could benefit from the Cubs' vastly improved defense. I mean, he's a guy who's going to yeah. – the ball's going to be put in play more against him. They can, play, they, can, they can play some D, man. They can play some yeah. D. Yeah, although Bellinger's out now. Um, Nico Horner's back, so that will help their, their middle infield defense. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a – I don't think you need to go go out to rush to grab Kyle Hendricks. I mean, it's been it's been a couple of years now before he's since he's been, you know, a really a fantasy asset. But like you mentioned, like we don't necessarily need – a ton of strikeouts from him. Like if he can just be a reliable source of ERA and whip, that's what pretty much any fantasy owner needs right now. Um, so I think, like I said, ideally I would like to kind of roster him in a deeper, in a deeper league and on my bench and give him a start or two to, 
to see how he looks, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how he does in that first start back. Yeah. Um, another guy who sounds like Adam Duvall a few days ago mentioned that he was aiming to return when first eligible on June 9th and kind of upping the activity level. It looks like he might have a, have a real shot to be back at that point. He was awesome before getting hurt. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Red Sox do because Jaron Duran's yeah. also been really good. I kind yeah. of just by the kind of domino effect, I wonder if this is going to mean Tristan Casas losing ABs. Justin Turner's dealing with a knee issue right now, but assuming that's not like a assuming it's more of like a day-to-day issue, they could put him at first base and use the DH spot for Duvall and others and kind of still make Duvall and Duran everyday players. Maybe you bench Duran against lefties, but I don't, I mean, just where the Red Sox are, I don't know. You can't bench Jaron Duran right now. He's been one of your, one of your better players for the last several weeks. So, and Duvall has been, you know, not a, not a traditional center fielder in his career. Kind of bizarre that he's trying to be an everyday center fielder for the first time at like 34, but always been a good defender. And that I've said from the beginning of that signing, like it's his swing is just tailor made for Fenway Park. And that, yeah, that proved to be a good fit early on. He's just, just mashing the ball, pulls a, the ball. A forever in the underrated player. Yeah. And like yeah, a good so. defender too. Yeah, I mean, he's always been a good defender in the corners. It might be a little bit of a push for him in center, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, they'll find a way to get him in the lineup. I think I think Casas might be the guy who loses ABs. Like I said, is assuming because yeah. he's never really he still hasn't really gotten gotten going yet. Um, I still like him over the long haul, but maybe a little reset at Worcester is uh, not the worst thing for him. So we'll see, keep an eye on that. Keep what was that? Worcester. Wor- Worcester. Sorry, I Worcester. didn't do my Boston accent. Go to Worcester and get some Duncan. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop trying to do my. Uh, Boston you haven't spent enough time up on the Cape. Worcester. <laughs> yeah, you can do a better Boston accent than me. I think. I know. I know. <laughs> Actually, when I when I so I've been going up there like. I did a whole summer up there when I was in college, and but I've I've gone up there every week, or once once a year every for a week in my life. Sometimes it was two weeks, um, and by the end of like my time up there, I start talking with a little. I don't know. It's like osmosis or something. Like, hey, sweetheart. <laughs> Do you start being being mean to everybody too? I know that's the reputation. And sorry, sorry if I offend the the Boston no, Bostonians. Um, no, I, I I agree that that is the reputation. I would say it's like a good spirited mean. If that makes yeah, you, sense, like Drew Silva seems like he would fit in well with that with that Boston crowd. Oh yeah, give it, dish I mean, it, not, and not, dish not, it, and take it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to like actually have a fist fight. I'm too old for that, but it's, it's like, 
if if you give it back to them, they love it. You know, it's that kind of situation. I, I went up to a Cardinals uh, Mets series. This is different than Boston, but and like these Mets fans, it was a bunch of buddies and me. They were just giving us, you know, trouble. We were like out in the bleachers. And like we started giving it back to them, and they're like, "Yeah, they loved it." You know, like you, you just you gotta give it back to them. And you know, was you, one of these guys you, named uh, DJ Short? Dude, D, DJ don't don't want no problems. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't want the smoke. <laughs> he doesn't want this smoke. Um, some other headlines to round things out. Uh, Lance McCullers has been throwing on flat ground. Uh, also has some bullpen sessions and live batting practice under his belt. It's kind of weird the way that they've been doing his throwing progression. They've kind of changed, you know, usually it starts with flat ground throwing. Then you move to mound work, you know, uh, then you move to live batting practice, then simulated games and rehab. I, th- there's like, I don't know. The, the Astros have been very cagey about injuries for a long time. Like, and I, I think this one, they just don't really know. Um, there's no exact timetable yet. It would appear he could be an option if things progress as they have been. He could be an option for their rotation sometime in June if if everything continues to go well from this point forward. But uh, I think it's kind of like a slow rolling approach from that forearm strain that he suffered in February. There's been some other little injuries too. Um, well, that yeah, that I mean that he first. Yeah. I th- as far as I know, it's related to the same forearm issue he had, like dating back to like the playoffs in 2021, and he yeah. dealt with it like off and on last year as well. So maybe that's part of the reason why it's just been kind of a bizarre way they they've built him back up. And we've seen reports on his velocity, like he's like kind of upper 80s to low 90s with his fastball, and like it's it's just kind of yeah, I, I'm not terribly optimistic um about McCullers coming back and staying healthy and being consistent for a team team that just lost Luis Garcia to Tommy John surgery that the Astros are are in a weird place like I'm sure they'll be there at the end of the year but it's not it does not feel like a like a world series Jose Abreu hasn't hit a home run and (laughs) since like uh well, I guess he had one in, in one last September. Hasn't hit homered yet this year. And he has like four dating back to the All-Star break last year. Right. He's dude, he's washed. Um we haven't we didn't have Matt McLean on our c- kind of docket today, but uh what have you seen him from him so far? Like I, I I'm I think he's a nice little prospect for, for the Reds, but I I don't think that he's like a super. Did you guys talk about him recently? Like a, a little bit, yeah. Like yeah. he's he's kind of like a. There's not. He's one of those guys that like he's like above average at everything. Like he doesn't really have any better real life player than fantasy. Yeah, maybe, but that could also be elevated by Great American Ballpark too. So I mean, I, I know some. I've heard like. This would be the high end, obviously, but I've heard kind of like an Alex Bregman comp at like his, if he hits his absolute peak, 
Um, that doesn't seem likely, but just like just similar. And like Bregman doesn't have like loud tools either. Right. That he really gets the most out of great plate discipline. Gets the most out of. I just what he, what he I has. pulled up a comment about Ellie De La Cruz talking about loud tools. No. Um, yeah, yeah, we spent I, a lot of time I, on Ellie De La Cruz yesterday. I know, and I still think this is a. You, you better be in a deep league to be stashing him or like a dynasty league. I don't think he's coming up imminently. I'm, I, I could be proven wrong on that. The last like 10 days that he's had at, at AAA have been so promising with the walks. And like, obviously yeah. he hits the crap out of the ball and he, he, he's like got everything you, you would want from a fantasy <laughs> prospect. But Chris and I were talking about that yesterday too, about like the walks though. Like, it's always tough to know whether he's like developing that skill or just the reputation means that, he, that pe- pitchers are just not giving. Him I know. Yeah. Like We're not watching those at bats live. <laughs> it's right. hard to really say. I, I have a feeling it's probably more of the latter. He, he, fe- yeah. he feels very O'Neill Cruz esque in so many ways. It's a big, totally. big shortstop, big power, big arm can run just all those tools, but also probably going to strike out a, a whole lot and not hit for a yeah. great average. Although, you know, he could hit the ball so hard that he could make up for that uh, right. lack of contact. He could at least uh, just not kill your average, but kind of got a little sidetrack there. Matt McClain, let's get back to Matt McClain just quickly. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I think he should be rostered um, in a league where I actually lost – O'Neill Cruz and I've been I, I went to a roster of Bryson Stott for a while while he was hot and he, since he's cooled off I've moved on to Matt McLean in a shallower league so I mean I I'm okay with uh, rostering him if you're need, if you're in need of a shortstop I and mean, that's it's been it's been good to see him batting second um, exactly yeah so that's yep. it's a favorable spot you know. He, he, ideally, he's probably more of a middle infield option, but I'm, I'm good with, with rostering him. Uh, w- one more headline before we get into these like uh, three up, three down from Saturday. Byron Buxton made an early exit from Saturday's game against the Angels with, with a left calf tightness. Uh, was, was there an update before Sunday's slate? Is this an IL situation? I hope not. I didn't see it. Yeah, um, neither. I, it's a later afternoon game uh, at Anaheim, so I don't know. I guess we just don't know quite yet. But Buxton has kind of been everything you want from him to be so far this season, like working out of the DH role for the Twins, staying healthy. Um, Except for the steals are just like non-existent now. He's got poor. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know that he's not going to be like the 30-steal 30, the 30 guy, 40-steal guy. But 828 OPS, 9 homers, 21 RBIs, 30 runs scored through 42 games. I I mean, I think he was an incredible value in drafts this year. You knew what you were doing when you drafted him. Like, it's like drafting Jacob deGrom. Um, but I don't know, ho- hopefully this is just a day-to-day kind of ordeal. I, I, we're still kind of waiting on news if, if this will require an IL stand. If, if it's like a calf strain obviously he's going to be out for a bit um but he's been a force man like quietly for the twins who 
have a relatively commanding lead all of a sudden in the in the American League Central. I think the American League Central and the National League Central are, are very similar. Um, like the the Cardinals, we're not doing a Cardinals podcast, but they're like in the mix all of a sudden. All of a sudden, like what are they five and a half games back? Something like that. Um, yeah, that auction, I just I don't I, I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean it would. The guys we talked about earlier with the when we mentioned the Polanco injury, you know, that would give even more leash to Edouard Julian and uh, potentially Royce Lewis. Um, if Buxton does need that IL stint, you know, as cautious as the Twins have been with him, I mean, he still hasn't played an inning in the outfield yet. It doesn't seem like there's any any interest in that happening anytime soon, and this is gonna maybe even push that timetable back a little bit. I mean, it's cautious. It's weird to make that guy a DH, you know. Yeah, like arguably the premier athlete in baseball, and he's stuck in the designator spot. But if it helps keep him healthy and is batting the lineup, then that's it's hard to argue with the with the results so far. But that's another potential opening in the in the twins batting order if Buxton does need IL time. Did you see this comment from a, a listener? Non sequitur that Bob Gibson photo behind you is epic. James Brown passing had me thinking about the greats. Yeah. Dude, shout that out to classic, Jim Brown. The classic uh, Bob Gibson follow through. Yep. Just Beautiful. falling off the mound. Yep. Was that in the, the World Series? I think it is from the World Series. Yeah. yeah. That's gorgeous. I don't really have much. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk bobblehead. <laughs> I think I told you. I, I told you this. Maybe one listener knows who that is. <laughs> I got an Alex Petrangelo bobblehead. I've told this story on the podcast before, but um, I was at Great American Ballpark, and you could see like the the. For for our non-viewing audience, right. Drew's holding up a ball to the to the camera. I, I was great Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati at that point. I was going to the University of Dayton, and tickets were like you know two dollars, and and beers were five bucks too, which was amazing at a major league stadium. So I was a little sauced up, and sit moved our way down to the fourth row behind the Cardinals dugout, and Rick Ankiel was like my favorite player at that time just because his his journey from going from a, a great prospect to an outfielder and where where was he in his, in his career at that point when you it was probably his second year being an outfielder okay um and so he catches the final out of the inning and i see him walking off the field we make eye contact i'm like right with, with the ball <laughs> he he kind of short hop short hops it with, with with his arm. He shouldn't have done that. Um, and it it lands in a lady's hand in front of me, but I am right there and I grab it out of her hand <laughs> shamelessly. Just she, she turns she turns around to me. She goes, "I know these are not your seats. Like, <laughs> I, like I've been. These are my my husband and I season tickets. I'll get you kicked out of here." I was like, man, like this, that is like my favorite baseball player. And, and I made eye contact with him. The ball was for me. 
I'm I'm keeping the ball. And then you sprinted up the stadium no, stairs I and stayed, I, I stayed right there. I, I tried to win her over. She was she was bad, she was all bark and no bite. Yeah. Did you dab? Did you dabble in a little of the Skyline Chili to go with your five dollar beers? No. Okay. So I hate Skyline Chili. I've never had it's it. Disgusting. The one t- the one time that I did appreciate it, so that uh, these Cincinnati women friends of mine that I know would make a Skyline dip, and so it's like a five layer dip, and like the base layer is Skyline. Huh. Is it like so it's like it's pretty good. It's like it, you're you're eating it with tortilla chips. Is Skyline chili essentially the same thing as like a chili mac from Steak and Shake? Is like is that similar? Yeah. Chris but, Chris said that Skyline chili is also like sweet. They like put like sugar in it. It's got cinnamon in it and cinnamon. chocolate, I think. Hmm. Steak like and a, Shake like chili bowl? is like Steak and Shake chili is like elite i do like steak and shake chili so and so it does not skyline's bad and i I think we need a commercial break true this is going off the rails (laughs) (laughs) but that live we we both we both live in st louis where there's bad there's like weird you know culinary things but skyline's bad all right i had to do a commercial break (laughs) A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played, and they brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy's games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five different players. With games like this, Daily Fantasy has never been better Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code RotoWireMLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to 50 bucks. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we do three up, three down on these Sunday shows. Man, I'm intrigued by these comments. Rick Ankiel played high school in my area. He could have been gold, but he had a lot of family issues. I, I know that they're like his dad spent some time in prison for like drug dealing, I believe. Yeah, I, I read I read his Incredible book. Did you, ever, did you ever read it? I did not with Tim yeah. Brown, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was good. It, 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 it delved deep into into all that stuff and had some other things going on too. But in uh, other Cardinals news, one of my three up. Wait. Well, oh, go ahead. I saw, <laughs> we're doing a lot of sidebars today. I so I ride my I ride my bike in Forest Park a lot, and uh, sometimes I'll go down Y Down, which mm-hmm. is like a gorgeous street with beautiful homes. And I get to the end of Y Down, and I saw Wilson Contreras uh, walking his dog after his two homer game the other night. This would this would have been on Friday morning. Nice. So you know I, where I, Wilson Contreras lives, ish. Most of them live in Clayton, around there. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I'm putting them on blast. Tune in after the show. Drew Drew will give you Wilson Contreras' exact address in case you want to visit him. Uh, another Cardinals player, Nolan Gorman, man. The breakout is happening. So last night against the Dodgers, um, tie game in the seventh inning, I believe. And... They intentionally uh, the, made the right move, I think. Dave Robertson intentionally walking Paul Goldschmidt with lefty uh, Victor Gonzalez on the mound to face Nolan Gorman and third pitch just annihilated a low sinker into the seats. Gorman is not in the lineup today against a lefty, which is the optics look bad, but. Jeff Jones of the Belleville News Democrat pointed out that he had started seven straight and the Cardinals have nine more games without an off day. So, and Clayton Kershaw is pitching. Yeah. So the optics don't look great, but, and, but it's probably, if you're going to give him a day off today, it does make sense. Uh, And Ali Marmol did say after yesterday's game that Gorman's going to be playing against most lefties moving forward. So, his uh, OPS is actually higher against lefties now after that home run yesterday, but he's only had like 16 plate appearances or something like that against lefties this year. But yeah, I mean, there was there was so many encouraging signs with with Gorman. You know, weighted runs created plus um, the league leaders so far. Yandy Diaz, who is actually like head and shoulders above everyone else, he's having an amazing season. Then Ronald Acuna, then Nolan Gorman and Aaron Judge are tied for third after that. 
Uh, 640 slugging percentage leads the National League. Chase percentage last year was 31.1%. This year it's down all the way to 23.9%. Just a huge drop. Went from well below average to well above average in the in year over year. Strikeout rate going from 32.9% all the way down to 24.8%. Last year, Drew, we know he is like standing up taller in the box now, and a big reason for that is to try to get to that high fastball. High fastball, then, yeah, dude. And last year he hit 194 with a 348 slugging percentage against fastballs. This year he's batting 329 with a 658 slug against the heater. So just great strides that he's made. Um, I, I don't know that we can say that like that's all those improvements are like permanent, but like he showed certainly the ability to to adjust and improve and he has turned into uh you know a late round flyer in fantasy to someone that you just absolutely want in your lineup each and every week even now if the cardinals are slated to face some lefties i think it's okay to go and keep him in there just the weird thing about last year was like all right he was getting he couldn't catch up to a high fastball and it's like Dude, that should be like every hitter wants every great major league slugger like wants high fastballs and like can feast on them. Yeah. I don't know if he was tired, like you know, he's drafted out of high school. Um he's played a lot of baseball. Maybe like I don't know, the 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 time and like just the rest and the the work that he put in to going into this season. I, I, I think he's legit. Um, the the power has been there at every level. I I, I like guys. <laughs> guys, we get it. Gorman's real. Move on. <laughs> uh, this is this is a good question though. We need to hear real talk about Matthew Libertor and Brandon Williamson ASAP. Um, I like what I saw from Libertor. I think he is a a guy you want to roster and plug in for every matchup Williamson scares me a bit more um like the the numbers he had a good debut but the numbers this year were not good at triple a uh I know he was like in the futures game in 2021 he's been kind of like talked up as a decent prospect at times but he's way more of a wait and see for me I I think Libertor and I'm not just saying this as a Cardinals fan there's this commenter said there's talk of Libertor moving to the bullpen. They, they don't have that luxury. <laughs> like, no, he's, yeah, this, he's this other, this other guy is, Oh, now he's saying the Mats is going to the bullpen. Is that like breaking yeah. news? Maybe that's good. And it says that, uh, Wayne starting Tuesday, Libertor Wednesday. Now he's saying Libertor starting Tuesday. Either way, it sounds like he's going to be in the, I had not, we, he's up. It sounds like this is breaking as we would, uh, as we were recording. So that's, that's good news. Um, I mean, they kind of danced around the topic and like Mo in a interview said that maybe he's Libertor would be available out of the bullpen this weekend. It's just kind of odd after watching how good he looked. I mean, I, I still have some concerns that he's going to be Homer prone. I mean, it's great that, 
Um, the, uh, the fastball velocity is up. That's huge for him, but it's also still a straight fastball and he's doesn't always command it all that well. He's had issues with the home run ball. Like even in his start, um, back in the majors this week, he gave up some hard contact. So I think home runs could be an issue at times, but he's got a gorgeous curveball. Um, if he can spot that fastball up in the zone pairs really well with that curveball. So I think Libertor has legitimately taken a step forward this year. He, I mean, he could be one of I the, yeah. he could be one of the Cardinals like best two or three starters right now. I know that's not a, a sure. huge bar, bar to clear. So yeah, I would, I would be, I would be rostering Libertor if he's, if he's available for sure. And I'm with you by the way, on Williamson, just to confirm your, Suspicions. Yeah. Like I, I, he's. I mean, that was a. It was in cores that first start, so that's that's great. Yeah. Um, right. But he's like you mentioned, the numbers not great at AAA this year. He's he's had issues throwing strikes. He, I mean, he's a big lefty who's got some pretty good stuff. But I like him long term, kind of. But I I uh, I wouldn't be going out to to grab him. Yeah, Libertor's the clear ad of those two guys for me. Um, another a three up from Saturday for me. Braxton Garrett was dominant for the Marlins on Saturday in a one nothing victory. One hit allowed, one walk, six and a third scoreless frames, eight strikeouts. Um, he now sets up to pitch at Coors Field next, which maybe isn't all that attractive. I think I would avoid that one. Uh, he's been good though. Like there was that eleven run blow up. Earlier this month against Atlanta, Atlanta will do that to you. But overall, even with that 11 run outing, a 4.60 ERA, 1.34 WHIP, a 44 to eight strikeout to walk ratio in 43 innings. Like I don't know that he's trustworthy enough, uh, Garrett, to start to start him at Denver. But the ratios I think are really intriguing, and he's been a guy that's flashed in the past. Uh, he's healthy now. He's got a locked-in spot in the Marlins rotation. Um, if if you remove that one bad start in Atlanta, he's like a very successful pitcher this year, and I and I I think he's becoming more than just a streamer. Like I would probably sit out that course field start, but I'd I'd add him to my roster in like any kind of shallower league moving forward. Yeah, I think uh, you might be a little more optimistic than I am. Um, I think he probably still falls in that streamer category for me. Um, yeah, I definitely bench him in, in Denver. Um, but he's, like you mentioned, he's certainly flashed to former number seven overall pick, something like that. Um, so favorable matchups, I'm definitely down to to use him, but I would I would be a little more cautious. Um Another guy who's obviously universally rostered. Aaron Nola had a really encouraging start. He uh, hadn't struck out more than six guys in a start prior to yesterday, which is kind of crazy to to think about. But he struck out ten. That is weird. Yeah, struck out ten. Ten batters over seven innings against the Cubs. Two runs allowed. Uh, like I mentioned, he had previous high of six strikeouts so far this season prior to that start. You know, he's been 
up and down this season. Um, the numbers overall haven't been great. I, I wonder if like he's always had big workloads, but last year was obviously the Phillies pitched or went had him pitch deeper into the into the year than he ever has before. In between the regular season and and the playoffs, he threw more than more than 230 innings. So I think that's probably a big reason why those strikeouts are ha- haven't been there. Velocity's been down a little bit. Um, I think Aaron Nola's just – this could be the turn of the tide kind of turning. He's just – we've seen in the past, like, he he's prone to these even, like, full seasons where he the ERA is just not great. Uh, but he's mm-hmm. such a workhorse and just generally all a pretty the, reliable. All the, met- all the metrics point to, like, yeah, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah. I mean, I think he's ultimately going to be fine. A free agent to be as well, if that uh, appeals to you at all as far as a guy pitching for a for a big contract. I, I think he's ultimately going to be fine. He's uh, If there's a window to buy low on Aaron Nola, Certainly, I'd be in on that. We'll get to our three down from Saturday, but um, did you guys talk yesterday about Gary Sanchez? No. No. Gary Sanchez didn't come up. I can't. Yeah. I can't imagine that he's going to play a ton. Like, they're already. Buck Buck Showalter is so hard to figure out, but. He had like finally started to trust Francisco Alvarez, um, right? And Omar Narvaez is they they, like they, they have options at DH, right? And Thomas Nito's on his way back too. Like, I I he's not someone that I would pick up at fantasy. No, I think he's I'm worth not. mentioning, but yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested. Yeah, I'm not interested either. All right, three three down from Saturday. Jamison Tyon. Uh, I don't know. The Cubs courtship with Tyon like took a big, a bit of a hit on Saturday. He got lit up for eight runs, six earned over just two and a third innings against the Phillies. Now with an 8.10 ERA in seven starts for Chicago, 26 and two thirds innings. Got that big four year, $68 million contract over the winter. I was kind of confused about sometimes the way the Cubs were spending that money. Um, and just it, I don't think it looks very good less than a quarter of the way into what is a, you know, a four year deal. I, I'm sure he'll be a little better moving forward. He's not an eight ERA type of pitcher, but there've been injury blips. Um, I don't know. Compared to what he did last year with the Yankees, I kind of think that is, his peak and I, I know he was like had great spurts with the pirates when he was a big time prospect, but he had a three nine one ERA, 151 strikeouts and 177 innings last year for the Yankees. I I, I think he's a, a droppable guy in fantasy. I, I oh, yeah for sure. Yeah. I, I mean I'm not he's see, getting, I'm not seeing anything that yeah. He's still getting he's getting a bunch of strikeouts, but like I know some people were intrigued when he signed with the Cubs. Like he had shown 
maybe if with the right pitch mix, he could kind of have the potential to take off. I know he was a listed as a sleeper by a lot of a lot of guys in the industry with the thinking that the Cubs can kind of figure out that pitch mix and and uh, he could take another uh, take, take a step forward. But yeah, I mean, we've seen in the past like the the ceiling's just not super high with Jameson Tyone. I think he's yeah. he's perfectly perfectly droppable. Um, guy definitely who is a hold. Another another struggling start from yesterday from Joe Musgrove. I mean, he's he's given up a bunch of home runs. Um, especially, I mean, he had that one he had that one start in Mexico City where he just got creamed. Basically, throw that one out. Yeah, yeah, basically pitching on the moon. Uh, so I, you know, Joe Joe Musgrove is going to be. Ultimately, fine. His velo's down a little bit, but he's uh, he's going to be fine. Um, the home run issues have popped up in the in the past for him occasionally. Um, so you know, with the ball tr- flying pretty well this year in general, uh, could be an issue at times for him. But I think I think Joe Musgrove is going to be perfectly fine. We've got a, a lot of comments about uh, adding Giovanni Gallegos, and I know that he's like kind of what does he have like three saves in the last week? Um, did something happen to Ryan Helsley that I'm unaware of? Are you, you think Not they just I, trust Gallegos? I, I've, yeah, I've I watched know, I don't know Marmol. I think I don't it's Marmol said something about it or what, but yeah, like he put in he put in Helsley in the eighth. In a tie game, I think it was the eighth yesterday in a tie game. Yeah, yeah Helsley got the win, and and uh, or uh, and Gallegos got the save. Yeah. I still think Helsley's the guy, but it wouldn't hurt on a team like that to have, you know, both options. I, I just I wasn't. All right, this guy's saying it's just it's a committee now. Maybe, maybe. I would still rather have have Helsley. Would you agree? Out of the two, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't like I said. I don't. I don't know what Ali I think they're both rostered today. Both, right. Yeah. Um, I know. Like historically, a buddy of mine sent this to me like uh, a few weeks ago. Like I didn't realize that Gallegos's career numbers, like in high leverage situations, are like not good at all. That, that kind of surprised me. Like he's been just on the surface, seemingly like super consistent and one of the honestly better relievers in the National League for a few years now. Um, but yeah, Helsley's injury is still nagging him. I don't know if that's. I don't. I don't think that's true. Been publicly, been publicly stated or what? But I know you had the finger yeah. issue last year in the in the, the postseason. finger thing last October. No, I don't think that's true. He's looked great, actually. Like, I've had people ask me, like, is Helsley like not legit? Like, I'm, obviously he was dominant last year. I was like, I, I think he's great. Like, every the eye test tells me, dude hits like 102 miles an hour with his fastball. He's got a sweeping slider. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm reacting to these comments like. No, I, I mean I think they're both worth rostering. 
Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I'd really love Helsley of the two guys. All right. My my third down from Saturday, I really liked Patrick Sandoval um, coming into the year, like the, the swing and miss stuff in his profile. The I think you could totally project a full-on break, breakout for him, and I probably said that a few times. Um, it hit a snag Saturday against the Twins. He allowed three runs on five hits and four walks over four and two-third innings, 104 pitches to not even make it through the fifth. And, you know, command has been an issue even when he was great last year. Um, even though he thrived, what I think he had an ERA under three. I think it was like 2.9 something. And 151 strikeouts over 148 innings. He had like 32 swing and misses in a game, which is like the most ever since Garrett Cole. This like I think there's like a lot of real raw natural stuff there. Um, there's a lot to like. He obviously needs to do a better job of finding the strike zone, but I'm still rostering Sandoval. Like even in a 16 team league. I'm doing it confidently. He gets the Marlins next. If we see a little bit better command, the rest will follow. I, I, I just, I, I think he's just like got a full arsenal of really good pitches, and um, you know, we're always waiting for like these pitchers to take the, take the next step command wise. I don't know if he can do that, but clearly he showed last year that he can still be effective, kind of without without it with just being a little bit wild yeah i I mean i think he's always going to be wild i don't i don't think that's gonna improve the the worrisome thing is like he's just not missing bats this year like we've grown accustomed to like he's got like a his strikeout per nine rate is like below seven like he's just not he's not striking guys out like we're used to him used to him doing like he's his fastball is like Easily his third best pitch. Yeah, it's he not his best pitch, it. right? Yeah. The changeup is just disgusting. I mean, he. I, I do think there's definitely volatility he, with with Patrick yeah. Sandoval. Um, I'm fine. I would not be dropping him, um, but I, I, I. It's probably wise to just keep him and stick him on your bench for now, and uh, just hope he gets. A little more efficient. Like I said, the whip's never going to be great with him. He's just never going to have great control. But Angels should uh, provide him with a decent amount of of run support. Um, And, I mean, I think ultimately he's probably going to be okay, but I would would stick him on the bench for now. Um, Without knowing knowing him and what they're telling him, he'd be great with, like, a cutter. Like, you know, like – you don't have to command a cutter as well as like a forcing fastball. He's got the tools like to, to be a really good pitcher. Yeah. And I, I was thinking we might see it this year just cause he's like, he like built up to 155 innings last year. Like this could be the full on breakout. I don't, his, his fastball is not a good pitch, which is a problem. And then it like makes you think, Oh, sh- should he be a reliever? I don't, I don't know, but. I mean, he's he's done enough so far. Yeah, I would. I don't know. Keep him rostered, but you know, put him on your bench for now. Let's do some. Let's rapid talk fire some waiver. Wa- wa- yeah, yeah. yeah let's let's talk some do a little rapid fire. fire. 
I got Jake Berger from the top. Um, not really sure why the roster ship with Jake Berger is not higher at this point. Barrel rate behind only Aaron Judge so far. He's got a 301 XBA via baseball savant, even with a 29.3% strikeout rate, just because he hits the ball so hard, like among the elite as far as his hard hit rate goes. Um, they're talking about putting him in the outfield. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe the choice ultimately will be him or Eloy Jimenez in the yeah. outfield. Um, and they're probably more willing to risk Berger getting injured, frankly, than they are Eloy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it would be, it, it's going to be hard to justify benching Jake Berger once the White Sox get healthy, especially given their situation as a team right now. I feel like the White Sox might kind of do a teardown this, this summer. It might, might not be the worst thing. Uh, yeah, but yeah, Jake Berger, of, I think the a lot power of pieces is, to move. Yeah. yeah, Jake Berger, I think is legitimate. I would. Uh, the power is definitely legitimate. Anyway, I would. I would scoop him up if he's available. I think our like cover photo was Brandon Fott, and I saw this comment. Um, someone dropped just dropped Fott for Bobby Miller in our twelve team man dead league. Should I pick up Fott off waivers? Yeah. I mean, I think I, so. I think it does. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's a. I know. I know that. I know that he right now. But yeah, right. It kind of depends on what else might be available. His last, I mean, his last two outings have been way more encouraging than uh, he had a terrible debut and didn't pitch well second time out. But like, the dude misses bats. It, you're in a 12 team league. You should have Brandon Fott on your roster. I'll put it that way. There you go. Drew has spoken. Thank you. Who you got waiver wise? Uh, James, James Paxton. I, I think we've seen enough so far from Paxton that he's moved from like wait and see mode to must have mode. That seems crazy to say, but a, a 2.445 ERA, 14 strikeouts, three walks through 11 innings, two starts with the Red Sox. I mean, a big strikeout rate was his calling card in his prime with the Mariners generally. Um, and there's been enough of that kind of stuff so far. Like he gets, I think the angels next or the diamondbacks, depending on the way they want to schedule it out. They do have an off day. I think he's a plug and play guy now, like given what we've seen James Paxton, like health, finally co cooperating again, like, we talk about it all the time. Every fantasy manager needs pitching, and I'd be totally fine with rostering Paxton and starting him against the Diamondbacks or the Mar or the uh, Diamondbacks or Mariners. Yeah, I mean, just roll him out there until he breaks, which inevitably yeah. will happen. We know that's we know that's the history. But yeah, he's he's flashed enough from a velocity perspective, from a strikeout perspective since returning that I think he's. He's worth picking up if he's if he's out there. Not sure how what the workload will look like or how long he'll be able to stay on the field, but for now, why not? Um, he's on that minor league that two year minor league contract with the Red Sox. They might as well use the hell out of him. <laughs> like, yeah, a guy who's been like incredibly unlucky 
so far this season is is Josh Naylor. Um, going into action today, he has a 298 Woba versus a 373 expected Woba. That's a 75-point gap, which is easily the biggest gap in baseball. Um, he's actually, I mean, for kind of the back of the baseball card numbers, not really looking great. On the surface, he's actually on a 26 homer, 114 RBI pace. Um, that Guardians lineup I, has been just absolutely dreadful. Um, I, I do think it has to get a little better, and he's been consistently batting in the middle of it. So I think the RBI opportunities are going to be plentiful. The problem with Naylor, he doesn't really play or hit lefties at all. I mean, he's just dreadful against lefties. Um, but I think he could do enough against righties to make make worth make it worth rostering him, particularly if you have if you're in like a, a daily moves league where you can spot him in there when they're facing righties. I think he's could be valuable that way. So the positions that he's eligible, like I feel like you do you can do better. You think so? You know. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> Jake Fraley is is kind of like coming to the mix as uh, an attractive outfielder. Um, launched his way into an everyday role with the Reds. He's racking up a lot of hits and RBIs in recent weeks. In total this year, an 822 OPS with five home runs, 32 RBIs, six stolen bases in 41 games. He's been in He's been hitting third lately for the Reds, having a huge May so far. There's like obviously going to be some regression coming with a player like this, but he has good speed and like a bit of pop and currently like a prominent role, a prominent lineup spot. I'm like all about Fraley as, as a pickup for those in leagues that need outfield help. Like, five outfield league like even if you're hurting under in a three outfield league like he's he's playing at the top of the lineup and he's producing i i wouldn't expect it to like maintain all year but um just yeah just I mean, a, I wouldn't, a solid a, a solid wave where we're at, where we're at yeah yeah I, I wouldn't expect a ton of playing time versus lefties but like he's shown he can hit righties obviously in a great situation there in great american ballpark he steals bases when he's when he's on the field. He's had plenty of injury issues, but from like second half on, I think maybe a little before that, depending on uh, you know when. I can't. I, I'm getting my dates mixed up, but I know he closed really strong last year. Once he fin- finally got healthy, Jake Fraley. He did. Yeah. No, he did. So good situation he, he's in. He's- He's shown flashes, dude. Like, I think he's a. I think he's a good player. Yep, especially in roto leagues when you can get that little pop, little yeah. bit of speed. He's a. He's a nice like fourth or fifth outfielder. Yep. Uh, I think we, we we've covered all all the names that we have to cover. That'll be it for us. Thanks for tuning in to the Roto-Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Go to RivalFantasy.com. 
or download the app today to begin playing a far better form of daily fantasy baseball. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Ryan is at Ryan P. Boyer. Stay tuned for more episodes throughout the week. Peace.